0: Here's your host, Carissa Sims.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer Carrier. She began her script supervising career after she caught the bug for film and TV productions in New Orleans. Interesting. She left a successful career in civil engineering and has script supervised hundreds of episodes of television and dozens of feature films leading her into producing. Today, she's mentoring people to earn a six-figure salary to hobnob with Hollywood's elite by becoming script supervisors. Welcome, Jennifer.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
1: and where are you connecting from today?
2: So I'm connecting from Atlanta, Georgia, which is kind of like my second home. I am from New Orleans, Louisiana, and that's where I got my film career started, actually. Um, And then I sort of pushed into Georgia and share homes uh, between the two. And then, of course, travel for um, gigs, you know, when when that uh, those opportunities arise.
1: Oh, okay. Wonderful. So it's interesting because a lot of people wouldn't think that New Orleans would be the place where you discover, you know, your dream job or being a script scooper. How did that happen?
2: So it's so crazy, but thanks to film and TV tax incentives, which are all over the globe. I mean, I think we have them in Almost every state in the U.S., there might be like, you know, 40 states with incentives and 10 without or possibly even fewer without. So um, that was just an amazing blessing. It brought Hollywood to my doorstep. It was completely unexpected. Okay, Um, I was called in to help a friend, an actor friend who I grew up with, um, to basically do a, a PA type job on a TV show.
0: Okay. And
2: once I was on set, I was like, oh. Um, This is exciting. I don't (laughs) want to go back home. I want to be here. Um, So I was working at the New Orleans Corps of Engineers and I had the opportunity to freeze my status there for up to six months with no penalty. Um, I was called back to the TV show that I just did the one day on initially um, and invited to work the whole series, which I did. So I froze my status at the Corps of Engineers, worked the entire um, season of that show. At some point, I got uh, a text from my amazing boss at the time at the core, like, "You're not coming back, are you?" <laughs> you know, and I said, "No, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be moving on." So I actually ended up resigning from the core. and um, as soon as I did that, the 2007-2008 writer strike hit. Okay. So oh my gosh! Like everything shuts down. But guess what? It was an enormous blessing in disguise because. When the work came back, because strikes always, always end. And yep. when it ended, the tidal wave of work kept me so incredibly busy. And that's how I got good really fast at script supervising.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, how did you even know about it? And, and what is a script supervisor?
2: So a script supervisor um, is the... Okay, I, I have a very unique definition for it. it I call it a mini director, mini okay. producer screenwriter representative actor sidekick editor advocate okay we seriously do tie together those five zones okay um i have to make sure that everything will cut in the edit so that everything tracks um in story context and both both in story context as well as performance Um, I have to communicate with other departments, kind of like a producer does, making sure that we're shooting everything correctly and efficiently and shooting it correctly the first time, so preventing reshoots and waste and, you know, of course, just lots of costly mistakes. Um, I'm thinking like a director, okay? So I'm thinking about how we're covering the scene with camera angles and are we telling all the pieces of the story we're supposed to be telling? So the director's gonna turn to me to make sure they're covered, not the other way around. And then, um, of course, I'm representing the screenwriter who has written the screenplay, but I'm there on set um, enforcing it, you know, making sure it's um, we're shooting it as written and intended by them. And then, of course, representing the editor, making sure that they have the roadmap for cutting the piece to the director's liking because they're not on set. They're in a dungeon cutting dailies and stuff, you know, so it's literally like I'm doing all five of those things at one time and it's pretty darn exciting.
1: Wow, that's so interesting. And how did you how did you do this transition from being a production assistant helping out your friend to learning about being a script supervisor? Did someone just recognize your skills and realize that you might be good to try?
2: basically that, that is what happened. So I bounced around all the departments. Okay. Cause I was just having so much fun. I actually ended up a union camera assistant because my, my two cameras. Interesting. Are, yes. They, um, they sponsored me. They're like, you're talented. You're going to be in camera with us, you know? So I was in this wonderful camera department, um, on a feature and one of the camera assistants said, you know, script supervising is also like right up your alley. You should look at it. Go talk to that guy. Cause I didn't even know what one was. I mean, it's just, they're in the background, you know, just, in. The I range. had never
1: heard of it before yes. you, either
2: there is so little awareness you know people go to film school for directing screenwriting producing maybe editing and of course you know performers go to to school or take classes in acting no one realizes how much this ties all of those together on set and how you work those are the people you work most closely with on set so it's amazing access to the inner circle, the creatives, the, you know. Um, so yeah, backing up to a camera assistant said, you know, you should go talk to that guy right over there um, and just ask him what he does. And that, that man ended up becoming my script supervisor mentor. Um, and it, it, it was a, a beautiful friendship and, and relationship. I'm forever um, grateful to him for, for getting me into the position. Cause it was like, I found my thing.
1: Yeah. I mean that's like gold finding a mentor right in in something that you could be very skilled at and he he believed in you. He saw something in you that he he knew you could do it. Yeah yeah, and he was just such a generous person. He was an expert. He was, I would
2: say, the best in you know, the city, um, had come from another state, um, had gone to actually Howard University in d c and came to take advantage of all the um, work in the um, Louisiana market because of the film you know tax incentives. And he was just he was just a wonderful person. so i just I really do owe it to him. So I ended up, repaying him by, you know, he ended up staying in my house rent free because he actually had a home in another state and his family lived out of state. So he ended up staying in my home with me for a couple of years. Um, and it was, and we just yeah, worked together. We traded, you know, job information. If I needed a second unit person, he was there. If he needed someone, I was there. I mean, it really, your relationships are everything in film and TV. So you have to have great relationships. 95% of our gigs come from the people we know, not from, you know, cold submitting to, you know, a job board or something like that. They come from mm-hmm. our, our friends and our network, so.
1: Yeah, because they want their friends on the set with them because right. it's a long day and they, they can trust we them. We want someone we
2: can depend on, exactly, someone we yeah. can depend on. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's actually, it's it's interesting because kind of going back to what we were saying before, how nobody knows about the role. Right. Um, script supervisors are like the most in demand job that I know of in film and TV because people don't go to film school for this, you know? So we, yeah. anytime my UPM tells me, you know, please, I, I need a second unit script supervisor for two weeks. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm never, I'm never going to find someone. And this isn't every single film market. We, There's this scarcity. There's a shortage. So, um, one of the things that I'm really focused on right now is mentoring future script supervisors and putting them to work. Um, because we need them. I mean,
1: honestly, the industry needs them. That, that's so wonderful that you saw an opportunity for others that, you know, for not only building your own success, but for others. So what's going on with the Hollywood market right now after the strikes and everything? Is it getting resolved? Like, how is the environment
2: we are in negotiations now. Um, so I believe the Los Angeles mayor is, nego- is helping facilitate.
1: And okay. I- now, now, what does that mean? We like writers, oh. actors, just so people know and have some context, because I think there's different groups that were um, picketing or, or yes. whatever it might yes. be.
2: Both the writers and the actors picketing, um, writers and, and, the actors. and 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 yeah. So it's basically you know one side of the table is writers and actors, the other side of the table is the studios, um, and so we are. Wanting a deal that is going to work for us going forward, we are wanting a deal where our jobs are protected, where we're not going to be replaced by automation, where our images and voices and and um, oh, and like AI, be, yeah, like <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, artificial intelligence. You know, we don't want um, artificial intelligence writing the scripts or you know, literally creating actors using human you know images and voices. <laughs> And recreating it. I mean, we just can't can't be replaced by robots. So that's what's at stake. But that's
1: happening in social media. You know, I was kind of naive uh, that that was really happening. You know, that these AI people have like a million followers and people think they're real. It's just like bizarre. It's bizarre to me. Strange
2: times. It's truly strange times. Um, But, you know, you just cannot take the human element out of storytelling you cannot take humans out of filmmaking and so we're not going to accept that um so that's what's at stake but at the you know honestly i'm very encouraged i'm hoping a month from now we'll just be back on um so we're we're, the, the the fact that we're negotiating and not just you know not talking to each other
1: um is encouraging and i think that we'll have a breakthrough soon that's very positive and interesting. Does the mayor typically get involved? I have never heard of that.
2: <laughs> I have never heard of it either, um, to be honest. But I think, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom actually offered to get might. involved early oh, on. Oh, might have yeah. in the
1: past, yeah. Yeah,
2: so um, yeah, it's, uh, everybody wants people to stop hurting. Everybody wants to just go back to work and, and resume our lives and our amazing um, careers making movies. So that's that's what we want.
1: So what type of engineer were you um civil civil mm-hmm. yeah so so what type of work was that were you doing oh before? gosh
2: um basically i mean i was so so new so i was supporting my more senior engineers who were designing bike paths you know and um you know yeah showing but that's really interesting it was it yeah. was you know so it, i i love math i love problem solving you know mm-hmm. um i love um figuring out you know, tricky problems, you know, so it was, it was, I was well suited to it. Um, What I was not well suited to was the sort of um, rinse and repeat nature of just, you know, going to a cubicle for a certain set of hours every day. It wasn't that I didn't love my work and my colleagues, but honestly, I wouldn't have known any better had I not stepped onto set that first time, (laughs) because I was in a comfy, secure career, you know,
1: and then walked away, so. Yeah, yeah, and what did your family say or your friends?
2: Oh, my friends were over the moon. I, I you know, I, they were excited. Oh my gosh! I mean, a lot of my friends were theater theater friends. Um, so oh, like you know, mm-hmm. so that They're was like how, go go, you did it. Yeah. So there was crossover. Like in, you know, thanks to the um, tax incentives, a lot of my theater friends were working in film and TV, and so that's exactly okay. how I ended up getting that connection to that TV show. Um, so I mean, we were all for it. And my my family did not. Bad an eye. I mean, they were totally supportive. They were like, you know, that's you're amazing. going to do whatever makes you happy. And I did not look back. And trust me, I did not freak out when the strikes happened, by the way, in 07. You know, like I was just and like, that, I think it's that's going important. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to end the if anyone believes that the film and TV making industry is going anywhere, they're crazy. It's not going anywhere. We need to tell stories. Um, so it's just it's not um, even a, a remote um, concern for me. And it wasn't then either
1: yeah yeah and how do you feel your skills or your education as an engineer made you a better script supervisor being on the set
2: you know focus um for long periods of time attention to detail um, problem solving efficiency execution under pressure urgency um stamina Did I say stamina already <laughs> um, Because you're
1: the, working like 12 hour days is that why? Or are, longer? working 12 hour? Well, sometimes
2: longer. Um, but also yeah. because we are we don't have a second to lose on set. every second costs a fortune. So that's what I mean with the um, stamina thing. I'm the, as a script supervisor, which is a mini producer, you know a mini director, you know all, all those things combined. I'm not in one of those roles where I can go step away and hang out at craft services for 15 minutes because I need a break. You know, it's not like I set up, you know, um, grip equipment or something. And then I can go tap out and shop on Amazon. not that grips do that. I'm just saying like, there are positions where you work hard Which and you get to yeah. relax while we're running. This is, this is the opposite of that job. Every minute of the day, um, has a, a purpose, <laughs> you know, has, there's always something that I can be doing. And so I train my people to, to keep this, you know, at the front of their minds, that there's always something to be doing to get ahead. Cause we're, we're solving problems before they happen. That's one of the big values that we bring to set. You know, when we're shooting out of continuity, it's extremely confusing. I mean, picture, you know, shooting, you know, of course, it makes financial sense to schedule like sets together, no matter where they are in the story. So if we're you know, going to shoot a grocery store from the 1950s, and then that same grocery store in the story, which appears in present day, and then flash back to it. You know, in 1901 or something. We're going to shoot the grocery store that same week, and so we need to just be changing out the sets and shooting it um, and making it look as though it were shot in perfect sequential order, which it never ever is. That would cost a fortune. So somebody needs to be on top of not only every single detail when we're shooting, but someone has to be. Making sure all of the departments who are all spread out doing a million things at once are completely on the same page. Okay, so that's um, easier said than done because there's just, you know, film sets are high pressure. Departments are oftentimes stretched thin. We're substituting in day player people in various departments. So they maybe didn't get the memo that X, Y, or Z was established, you know, last week and we need to make sure it matches. So there's just so much in terms of making sure we're shooting it correctly and efficiently the first time, because reshooting costs a fortune, and that's not what we want.
1: Yeah, so do you have a company where you can bring people in that are trained by you, or do you teach people to be like an independent contractor and then find their own gigs okay
2: yes that is so 95 percent of our gigs come from our network so that is what we i i would be doing a disservice to them if i just offered some job board and said good luck here you go like we need to truly build your network from the ground up and so i mean i have people all over the place you know working i mean all over the us including hawaii um so we we have to use the same strategy that i or any other you know successful you know film and tv maker used to build their networks so that they're just working all the time in the markets that they are wishing to work in.
1: Oh, yeah. So that's amazing. Do you recognize when people have these skills, like, like you have these skills, um, do you ever say, oh, you know, I think you should try something else, like this isn't for you?
2: I've never once had to say that. Um, okay. Yeah. People who are eager to become screenwriters, people who are, are, you know, are eager to get their work seen, um, people who are eager to direct, people who are eager to act uh, it, it just kind it just seems to work for every single creative who wants to skip the line so to speak you know skip the lines kind of like maybe not the right way to say it but who wants to have an auto, like automatic access to get their work seen So it's kind of like via the script supervisor role which just, so happens to be, again, like one of the most in-demand jobs in the industry because there's so little awareness of what it even is. People don't mm-hmm. go to film school. To beca- it's barely touched on in film programs. So I have not come across a person who was not suited to it, I guess you might say. I mean, everyone who mm-hmm. works with me, they're very, very eager. You know, they're chomping at the bit to break in.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So why do you feel the demand is growing for this? Do you feel that just now film sets and TV producers are realizing that they need this role? Was there a time when the director did this or the assistant director? Never. Um, In in the
2: old days, I believe it was called Script Girl or... No, seriously, one very, very, very old. I believe he was like an actor, like trainer or something. This is hilarious. He, he actually called me a script girl one time, but he was like an ancient, ancient fellow from another country, actually. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. No, but continuity has been a, a role. I mean, I, I'm just picturing, you know, for example, some Like It Hot, a Billy Wilder movie from the 50s, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, continuity is like listed right in the, you know, the front of the movie in the front credits. Um, I would say it's more just been overshadowed by film school school programs that are, you know, promoting, directing, screenwriting, producing, acting um, as the way to have a glamorous, you know, Hollywood career. Um, it's, It's surprising to me how truly little awareness of it there is.
1: Yeah, and what about your own life because you have a busy life doing this. What about like your personal life? Do you have a relationship? Do you have kids? Like how is that going in your life?
2: So, I actually never had kids. Um I am very very um tight with my family and my niece and nephew and I, I mean I have a huge South Louisiana family. I have every, you know, South Louisiana family is like a million babies, so I'm the exception. Yeah, so um yeah, all of that is going very well, I would say. But I am child free myself.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, it feels like uh, a good job to have when you don't have kids. You don't have to like come home and you know, be there it's, for your kids.
2: Although most of the script supervisors I know do have kids. My, my mentor, for example, he had five kids. Oh, wow. Uh, Yes. Five kids. Yes. I'm trying to think of a single exception to that. Oh, there's no, I I mean, I have, you know, I have a few girlfriends actually who are script supervisors who have not had babies yet, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, most of them are just normal family people and happen to get lucky enough to find out about this job and and get in. So,
1: yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) So when you, when you say think like a director, so What does a director think like that can help you be a better script supervisor?
2: Well, we're always thinking about um, telling the story with camera angles, okay? So the audience cannot see what we're creating with their naked eye. We have to show them with camera angles. Um, So I have to be thinking like, you know, have we told every piece of the story in this scene? with camera angles and I have to do it really, really quickly and thinking about it directionally so the director doesn't turn to me and say, Jennifer, have we got everything in this direction because I need to, we're half an hour behind, I need to tear everything down and turn around. You know, I can't say, oh yeah, I think we've, I think we've gotten it all and then figure out, oh gosh, actually we totally missed that child actor's close up and he's already been sent home because, you know, they work fewer hours and he's pumpkin already. Um, that's, that's one thing thinking like a director under pressure. Um, but also just that we're telling the story in the right context. Again, we're shooting out of continuity. So I have a responsibility. We always start our day with private directors, rehearsals, directors, script supervisor, actors, and DP and AD are usually there as well. Um, I have to immediately tell the director, I believe this. Character is walking in in the wrong energy. Remember he was just in his car oh. having a meltdown, but he's walking and greeting everyone. Like it's the like best happy. day of his life, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, but so you have not to catch
1: that.
0: Constantly.
2: You have to catch that. Yeah. Oh, literally constantly. Yeah. So it, it truly is that we have to support the director and make sure they're telling the story. Right. And we have to communicate it quickly and succinctly. You know, we have to make our case very quickly. If the director is, um, again, some, you know, of course directors are under so much pressure, as many people are on set. Um, but they might be eager to move on from a close up or something. And I have to have the courage and, the, and, and make, the, make the case why we cannot move on. You know, Jennifer's close up. Uh, the first take, the boom was in the corner of the frame half the time. I know you don't want to punch in on that. You said you don't want to punch in on it. And the second take, the um, clip cut in the middle. So you're missing part of it. I know you're eager to move on, but we are we don't have a take yet. You know, and I just have to be able to say it. Um, I have to be able to make, you know, to pitch shots that I think are missing that I, you know, I'm always yeah. thinking, what will the director be missing in the editing room? That's one of the things I have to be thinking. What were they, what are they going to regret not having? I have to make a case for getting coverage that I think they ought to get, even if they're so frantically ready to move on, you know, they, they're not seeing that that way. So it's just, it's, it's we're I'm a foot from the director all day long and I have to be.
1: And you have to have that confidence so that because they're counting on you Surely, to yeah. stand up for what's needed.
2: Absolutely. A- they, even if they're stressed out in the moment, they will thank me, you know, three days later when they see a rough cut and they're like, thank God you made sure that we got that. You know, I mean, it, honestly, they, they appreciate you for it. And that's just kind of one of those things where you have to have thick skin and courage um, and just, just say what you know is right and help them you know i wouldn't be doing my job if i didn't and i would and i owe it to the producer as well who hired me you know the producer cannot be missing shots the producer it's not fair to let something you know because there's so much pressure to move on that i don't speak up and say I know this take isn't right. That would require a reshoot, a very expensive reshoot that we may not even be able to get if like, you know, actors have already moved on to their next project in Toronto or something. So we really do have to be thinking like in the moment every day. And that's, that's what I like. My brain is a, a restless brain that does not like to sit still. So, you know, if I'm on a, a really slow feature film shoot or something, cause I love really fast paced, high pressure TV. It just, it's so fun. It's like you're on the, on the go all the time. If I'm on a slower set, I'm looking for something to figure out, you know, I'm like, okay, Uh, let me look at the schedule three weeks from now. You know, what can I get ahead of? It's like, I just always want to be problem solving, you know, ahead of time. So
1: that's interesting. So are you working on anything right now? Are you working on a a job right now or no?
2: NDA wise, I will be, um, discreet about it, but yes, I am working.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Of course. Uh, a secret project, but, um, look forward to hearing about that when you can talk about it. <laughs> so, so that's great. But, but you're able still to have, what do you have one day off a week or we, what's we your often, schedule?
2: Oftentimes two days a week. So shooting schedules vary. Um, so we do night shoots, you know, oftentimes on a Monday we'll, you know, be called to set at six in the morning or something. And by Friday night, we're called to set at 6 PM, you know? So that's one of, that's the only complaint I have about, um, making movies and TV is just the shifting schedules. Cause it really, um, gets you mixed up with your sleep, you know? So I'm not not a big sleeper anyway, so I guess it was meant to be that I work, you know, in an industry where, you know, having consistent hours of going to bed is not a thing. Um, So of course, there there is pressure though to, you know, to protect um, workers, you know, actors and crew from crazy turnarounds and, you know, really exhausting hours or, you know, six days. Sometimes we have to pile on a six day, especially on TV series um, to make, to catch up if we've fallen behind and that just gets to be exhausting. So we,
1: we're pushing back on that for, for just better conditions on that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's so important. So have you ever dated anyone from working on the set? Oh gosh. Yes. I don't want to name names,
2: but when you only. Do they make you sign an NDA
1: as well, Jennifer?
2: Actually, actually no. But when you only work, you know, when you only see these people, because like when you're in a show, you're completely absorbed in it. You know, like that's like your thing. That's like your world. Um, That's who you meet. So you naturally just end up dating who you're around. You know? So, yes. Yeah. I have fallen in love on
1: set before for sure. (sighs) yes and um, some of those dates might have worked out and some of them didn't
2: (laughs) you know well Oftentimes we're on location. So, you know, there, in in the industry, it's called like a location ship, you know, so it's like you, you get to have your time together. It's kind of like a little fairy tale, tale, you know, when you're away and um, then life goes back, you know, resumes when you go back home. So, um, yeah, I've been very consistent though the last several years about my location. Um, I have traveled quite a bit and I love traveling. Um, but you know, you kind of, when you fall in with, um, a studio and a, and a, crew and cast members that you love, you want to keep going back to that. So, or at least I did. So I've kind of found, you know, my place.
1: Oh, that's great. And so how do you get your balance? Like, do you work out? Like, what is, what are your stress relievers for our audience? So I
2: do... I do love running. I do find that that is like the place where I am like completely like at peace. So i um, not mm. that I'm a competitive runner. I mean, this is truly just casually um, jogging. So, you know, I trained for a race last year and, and did it and that was quite enjoyable. Um, I do love reading. You know, I try to participate in book clubs. I've been able to do it sometimes. Um, but if the meeting times don't work, then it's just reading on my own. So I just have certain book lists that I like to go to and, um, yeah, I love cooking. I I love seeing my family, you know, I mean, Oh, it's that's kind of good. Really what about thing? cooking?
1: Like Louisiana occasion or like, do you, is there a certain type of style Southern or?
2: You know, I, I was vegan for a long time. Um, I actually mm. had to give it up for health reasons, which is a whole other story. Um, but I really, really still love cooking and eating vegan food. And then I do, I like just simple food. So, you know, just very, like just four or five ingredient meals. Um, that's just, I love simplicity. So, um, kind of the opposite of what you get from your, you know, from Cajun food. So, um, yeah, that's I do, true. I do, I do the exoticness. Love to, Yeah, I do love to go and get a bowl of gumbo and fried oysters and, you know, all of those uh, naughty things, you know, when uh, when I'm in town, but,
1: um, yeah, mainly I just keep it simple. So, so your diet now you had to switch what was happening with your health. So
2: this is not veganism's fault. It was my fault for not making, taking care to make sure I was balanced. Um, but it's I had not mechanism fault. It's so not mechanism nice. <laughs> fault. I promise. It really was, me. It was, op- it was operator error, but I ended up severely anemic and hospitalized. So I Oh, yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. So, oh, that's okay. Um but there and then there were all kinds of other um problems that sort of um arose, you know, sort of as a result of letting my body get so weak so uncovered some other things as well. So that was challenging. Um, so since then, I've been um, back to just, you know, clean, you know, but omnivore, but with a, a huge focus on vegetables and, and plants, because
1: I love them. and they make You still good. love them. Yeah. But there was something maybe in the meat, like, was it specifically red meat that you might have needed the iron?
2: Iron. Yeah. I just, and, and again, this is not you know, in no way am I like, you know, advocating for or against any particular diet. I'm not even qualified to do that, but I, it was... <laughs> this
1: is just you, this isn't yeah. your interview. It's actually... it, was
2: my, it was my own operator error. I didn't have, um, a good balance. I was, you know, just kind of depending on convenience foods and just not really taking, and I wasn't looking after my health quite frankly. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So regardless if it was vegan or, or whatever it might yeah. be, because sometimes you think, oh, you know, I, I'm vegan. Everything should be fine. But yeah, I, well, because I eat vegan. I you switched are. from a keto to vegan uh, yeah. diet about three years ago. But cool. I definitely need to watch and make sure that I get the right nutrients. That yeah, is something just... and I need to take supplements in. Sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I did not do my, my own due diligence and and make sure that I was covered. So again, my own fault.
1: Yeah. But it's kind of easier to be an omnivore on the set, isn't it? It is For easier. It is easier, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, the it food used... could just be amazing, right? I mean, how's the food? Oh gosh, you know? honestly, the
2: food—it's like an all-day-long buffet. I mean, I started <laughs> just bringing my food because I was like, I cannot just be thinking about craft services all day. I have a job to do, you know. It's so tempting. Um, so yeah, we're very, very spoiled when it comes to catering and craft services. Um, It's—they go all out. So yeah, you, you're never gonna go hungry, and there's always something, you know, for everyone on set. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's interesting.
2: So now do you bring your own food? Oftentimes I do. Oftentimes I do. If I can't, if I can't, um, sometimes, you know, especially when I was healing from the situation, um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I experienced, um, the caterers actually made me my own plate of food. I mean, honestly, they were so, uh, that's also producer status, you know, so they were, they were really cool about, you know, giving me a little help. Um, so, yeah, it just depends, but I t- I do prefer to bring my own if I can.
1: Yeah, I batch no, that's, I batch that's cook and then yeah, i
2: bring my little yeti and I'm cooking. Oh yeah, yeah, for the week. I, I cook once a week and I eat all week. Yeah, from the freezer. So, you know.
1: Well, that's impressive because my husband comes from um, the film business as a cameraman and DP, nice. and so I always knew like the food was just amazing. And sometimes yes. he'd have me and the kids on the set. So, yeah, so I have two, two kids, but I, he would never even think about bringing his own food, you know? Really?
2: Oh, you know, because... you know, if it, if it works for you to eat the, you know, catering and craft service yeah. every day, that's, that's honestly, for me, it was more like, it's, it's, there's an overabundance of, you know, options and like, I just, I, I need to be focused on, so let me just have my thing that's right here. I can just whip it out and even, you know, stay at my station or something and just be, yeah. you know, in the zone or just or relaxing on the soundstage instead of in the catering tent, which is, you know, very loud and energetic. Sometimes I just want to take that half hour to reset and just be quiet. So that was another, another reason why I decided to go that route too.
1: No, that, I think that's smart. It and, and makes your day flow maybe mm-hmm. easier. It's just nice so, to have a break, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. So what about famous people that you've worked with? Who's oh, the gosh. most famous person you've worked with? And did you ever get, like, starstruck or nervous? <laughs>
2: You know, um, you get really, really comfortable with working with stars because you have to, like, you just, from, from the minute you meet them, you have to be their colleague, not a fangirl yeah. or something. Um, probably one of my favorite experiences was working with Jeremy Irons. Um, he was, I was on a TV show with him, and he had a really, really, I mean, ridiculously intense line load. And he was having these speeches, he had to say speeches that were almost impossible to read because it was like a sci-fi project and so he was saying so it wasn't like
1: a natural flow it was not natural at all i
2: mean it was an unbelievable amount of very challenging dialogue so i would work with him for hours every week um, I mean, honestly that it was, we, we would hang out in the parking lot, you know, he would smoke and just walk in circles and we would just run and drill lines together. I'd be in the trailer with him, um, while his makeup artist, you know, did all these various things. Cause it was, again, it was a sci-fi, um, series. So he had a, a unique look for it and, um, it was just so much fun and he, he could not have been a nicer, you know, just gentleman. I mean, just easy to hang out with, just easy to laugh with. I ended up becoming friends with his longtime makeup artist, and she's been with him like 35 years or something. We stayed in touch after the project. Um, So while not starstruck, I was definitely aware of what a joy and unique thing it was to just hang out with someone you know of that, you know, status all all day long, you know, and just and just be their friend and just and sport. So, um that was amazing. Um uh, Yeah, of that caliber.
1: He has such a diverse um acting range. I mean, more than I would say a lot of actors. I mean, he can play like the darkest roles and he Yeah. he really can. He just uh, he
2: just absorbs himself in the role. Um he is so incredibly, yeah, just he, he's done it all. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting and fun experience. And something, you know, after, even after this whole conversation we've had about what a script supervisor does, like, I, I couldn't even imagine that you would be doing that with the actors. <laughs> Oh, like my gosh. Like, working on their lines. Because oh <laughs> I was thinking that you were doing, you know, more, like, with the director and blah, 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 we, so da the
2: Actors are my best friends. I ha- We have to work so closely with the actor. I mean, oh. we have to step on the set the first day they arrive. They're they're burying their souls in front of the camera. And we're walking on the set and telling them, this doesn't match, that doesn't match, this is, you know, I mean, so we... It, we could come across in a very punitive way i we, we don't want to do that. that does not help anything. We have to be their yeah. friends. We have to have them trust us. Honestly, I tell all my trainees you have to have warm, trusting relationships with the actors they're you know we don't want to um you know break the creative atmosphere we don't want to break the you know the mood that they've created for their character, but we do have to step in and correct them all the time. I say support them, you know we have to or collaborate with them. Um, So we have to let them know, look, so, you know, in the master that we're using, you played this whole speech um, twirling your hair. Um, And so in this close-up, we haven't had a a hair twirl version yet, so we do need to get one before we move on in case the director wants to cut, you know, from this to that. So, you know, I just have to, you know, explain very succinctly and, and... warmly and respectfully what it is we're looking for to make sure that their performances work in the edit if, if i don't do that their best performances could get cut out you know so i would not yeah. be serving them i would not be serving them if i did, did not work with them on matching you know and on mm. story context as well kind of like what we talked about earlier with an actor walking into the scene with the incorrect like previous circumstances in mind you know where, where we're right. coming from where we're going so, yeah, I, I work with actors very, very closely all day long. And so they're like my best friends now, you know, just, yeah, just, from, just from, you know, just from the amount of time we spend together, you know, so.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And tell me about your training program. What inspired you to put together a training program and how many trainees do you have and everything? So
2: I was inspired to put this together. I think it was 2018. I I thought of it, okay? Because we were so strapped for qualified script supervisors. And honestly, anytime you would find out you needed to bring one on, it became this huge stressor because we just could not, there was no one available and there still isn't. Um, So I thought if I had to train a friend, like I literally visualized my actor friend who first, first, first got me in the TV. I thought if I had to train him to script supervise, you know, and just get through the week, what would I have to train him? What, what is, what's exactly what I need from him and cut out all the waste. That's what the program was born out of getting results, cutting all the waste and just getting people to work. So I tested this on A handful of friends and also just aspiring script supervisors in my area and I think in a couple of other states as well and the results were amazing so I found that we were putting people to work like way faster than you would think and then they were coming back and getting this amazing feedback from their productions getting rehired and then also a number of them getting promoted like getting like walking away with a producer credit or wow. I literally have people who were asked by their production companies to please submit a script for them to produce. I have a woman wow. who, was, who was writing her own Christmas movie um, and the production companies hired her to direct it. This is based off of her first paid script supervisor feature. Um, which she got right out of the gate. She didn't even do a short film before that. Like she literally, I, and I got involved actually. So I helped her get this gig, but, um, she, um, got hired right after, right after her first gig. So I'm seeing it over and over and over. I'm seeing it a lot with producer, like, like script supervisors just getting promoted to producer. And, um, also get I have another guy who's just been asked to deliver a screenplay for a gig that I got him on in Austin. And, you know, he's like, none of this would have happened without you, you know? So it's, oh it's been That's really, so magical. it really is. And I was not expecting that effect. I was just expecting my, my goal was to get people ready to script supervise. But I, my, my method, you know, which of course I favor high pressure, fast paced TV. That's just where I have the most fun. So my method cuts all the fat anyway because I have to we're you know shooting like much larger numbers of pages a day than most than is standard so I suppose it was just the natural outcome of training people in my method. So they were, I mean, I have another woman, she sent me an email on day four of her first feature. She was uh, um, in marketing before she decided to work with me as a script supervisor. She sent me an email, here's um, what I learned from my director on day four. And she blurred out the director's name, but she sent a screen grab of the email that he sent her saying, I'm, your work is so phenomenal on this project i'm giving you a contract here which gives you a one percent share in the proceeds yes i'm gonna have the screen grab like it's like
1: this is working (laughs) so it's working really well for people oh my gosh well tell me about your training program so how long is it is it virtual is it automated is it live like tell me about it yeah
2: so it's virtual so you can do it from it's on demand so you can train at any time that works for you anywhere in the world, we meet online in mentorship meetings. Um, so that's where you get your face-to-face mentorship and also um, your community in a meeting with you. And um, we have a community like set up through the platform so that people can share and help each other. Cause of course the network is everything. And then this is kind of a crazy thing and you're probably not gonna believe me if I tell you, but I really do do this. <laughs> 911 on-set support via the phone. Like literally, if you're (gasps) on set and stuck, I'm texting with you back, getting you unstuck. So that probably has a lot to do with why people are getting such crazy results on their. Oh my god, that's
1: above and beyond,
2: dude. And guess what? It's never once been abused. Never once has it been a problem. Never once has it been a problem at all. It keeps working and it keeps helping. So that's why I keep doing it.
1: Well, that's amazing. So I have people called you very much? The um, mainly, support? mainly texting, <laughs> mainly texting. Um, yeah, I, I did, mean, texting, of course, because yeah. you're going to be on the set. So you wouldn't call. But yeah,
2: yeah, no, they're, they're pretty well prepared, though. So um, I'm, I mean, I've had a couple of things I and mean, I could literally go through my phone. Nothing that is not like easily surmountable, like nothing that is not just a simple fix. So um, honestly, it works really well and it gives them a whole like it gives them a peace of mind you know, cause one of the, the hardest part is just the making yourself do it. Cause it's something scary and something new. So the fact that they know they have me right there, a phone, you know, a, a text away or a phone call if they need it. Um, it just gives them peace of mind and the confidence to go and go for it. And then, you know, of course going for it is one of the big you know drivers of success, of course, you know, so when people go to set and do it, and then they perform extremely well. And then when they're walking away with you know, producer credits or, you know, having been hired to sell a screenplay to the production company, it's like, it's working. <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. So how long is the program that they have to do online before uh, do you certify them? I do. I do offer certificates.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. know, a certificate is as useful as people believe it is, you know, it's like, I'm yeah. happy to do it's that training. when people want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I do technically certify them. And if that means something to the, you know, producers that they're applying for, that's, that's great. But oftentimes people don't even ask for one because they're hired before, you know, they ever even ask for one or get to that point of asking for one. Um, so mine is again, very, very efficient. You can complete it in around 16 hours. Of course it's meant to be done. It's, it's on demand, go at your own pace. So I have some people who just knock it out in an intense weekend And I have some people who like to draw it out and just keep showing up to the mentorship meetings and just letting it soak in. So I have everything in between. You know, I have some people who, again, just knock it out and go straight to work.
1: Oh, that's so amazing. I love how you made it accessible and just available all the time and 16 hours. Yeah, go ahead.
2: I was going to say I used to do it live on the weekends when I would have two days off, but that was not convenient for most people because it would be like very very intense weekend. We have people on the West Coast who are starting at you know they had to get up at five in the morning you know in order for us to start at eight Eastern you know so it it just it was not as convenient as this on demand version where they still get all this access to me in mentorship meetings and via phone. So this
1: seems to be working much better for people. Oh that's great. So you started this program in 2019? 2018 I believe
2: is when I conceived of it and then Okay, really, it was mm-hmm. And I oh so I did it just like on a one to one basis back then. That's what it was. So I had okay, a, just a few people that I nurtured into it um through 2019 and then during the pandemic I had to keep myself busy. So that's when I made it more of like a formal class. Um and that's when we restarted Yeah, what a lives. gift. I know you had a little slowdown, Yeah. And then, yeah. And then create this, you know, so in, again, in the original version, it was, everyone was forced to show up live and that, you know, kept it more challenging for
1: just people's schedules are just all over the place. So, um, now it's truly flexible. Oh, that's amazing. So what, how long have you been script supervising? When did you start? uh, 15
2: years ish. Yeah, because I would have done my first, I went, you know, I think I did my very first project in '09. 09. In 09. Okay. What is that? Yeah. That's, on.
1: that's amazing. You're, you're definitely a pro. I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, maybe she's done it 10 years. That's, that's incredible. And, and you still love it. And you're helping I other people to love it. it. Truly. I, yeah. And
2: the thing is, my, my main concern is people not knowing about it. You know, like now I'm seriously on a mission because people are missing out on this amazing opportunity for fast access. You know, I mean, honestly, people will wait years and years and years to get their self-funded features screened or seen. You know, this is like you get relationships with these really powerful people on set and then they, they, they love you and want to see your stuff. You know, so it's like getting your own creative work seen, you know, by these players that are these pros. It's invaluable. So
1: that's and what that's I'm trying to too. really let people know. Give this a try. <laughs> it works really well. That's amazing. And then um, do you actually get people jobs? I have gotten a number <laughs> of people jobs. Um, you know,
2: it's, it, again, it's everybody has to do the work, you know. So yeah, just, yeah. Like, no, I don't make jobs. it
1: seem like it's easy, but, I, but I'm just yeah. like, because I, I feel your heart that you're really a giver, so...
2: Like. Yes. Yeah, so any any time that there is like a, a, a match, you know, in a marketplace, and there's a person there, then of course I'm recommending them, and that's how you know Sean in Austin got his gig, which turned into they want to now produce some of his work. Same for Danica in New York. Same for Brianna and Savannah. I mean, they're they're yeah, all over the place. Um, Andrea in Hawaii. I mean, all over the place. So anytime I can match make, I absolutely do. But we have a strategy where people build from the ground up in their market, in whatever market they want to work in so that they can do it the right way, which is truly get the relationships, get the network where you are, and you're off to the races, like once you're in. So the calls keep coming.
1: Yay. That's amazing. What is Zen success to you? Oh my gosh, you caught me (laughs) totally off guard.
2: Um, I would say... Feeling, oh my gosh, you caught me off guard with this
1: one. <laughs> You're not used to that, huh? After all these no. movies and TV oh, shows. my gosh, you might need to edit for just a second. Um, <laughs> just take, um, a, take a deep breath and feel into it. Just feel into um, it. Close your eyes and feel into it. I would say feeling that I'm,
2: I'm in a state of success that feels right, that feels calm, that feels, or I feel contentment. So I'm yes. experiencing success in a way that is peaceful and meaningful to me.
1: that work? (laughs) Yes. I knew you had it in you. I knew it was in your heart. Closing my eyes was (laughs) key. Yeah. Yeah. Getting you back into centered. So what's next for you? Do you want to keep training more people? Like what are you seeing uh, for your future?
2: You know, I, I just want to keep um, solving problems and having fun on film sets, you know, so making movies and putting people to work. Um, the, honestly, the training program is so much fun that we're we're just growing. We're, you know, we're not slowing down at all. We're doing the opposite. So it's still, again, you didn't even know what a script supervisor was. It's just not, there's not enough awareness. And we really, really do need talent, you know. Um, I mean, this is true. I mean, I hear it from all my people in every marketplace, like they they get into the network and then people tell them, thank God you're here because we don't have anyone, you know, or or we don't have anyone who's qualified and you know, we we can't call anyone. Um, So we're not slowing down. So that's my true focus going forward.
1: Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you, learning what a script supervisor was, and uh, hearing about Jeremy Irons and all, all the people that you've helped. And I'll put your website and how to connect with you in the show notes. So thanks for joining me today on the Zen Success Show, Jennifer.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Wonderful questions, and I appreciate it.
0: That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen success in life.